And so I went and studied acupuncture and herbs, and I was one of the first acupuncturists licensed in the United States. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I practiced acupuncture for like uh, 10 years, but I didn't have time to do acupuncture and all this other medical things that I was doing. So I hired acupuncturists to work in my office, and I hired herbal people. And so uh, that was like a total uh, way of changing my, my perspective of things. Arthritis. We're going to cover that and more with an amazing guest, Dr. Michael Grossman. Dr. Grossman, what brought you into this field? Was there a turning point in your life that interested you into anti-aging, probably the even the possibility that you as a medical doctor have embraced not only bioidentical hormones, but the power of the mind, uh, love and relationships. I mean, you, you're very diverse, Dr. Grossman, but what was that turning point, if there were one, or maybe two turning points or so that drew you into this? Well, I would say the uh, first turning point was in medical school. Uh, President Nixon had opened up uh, acupuncturists to come to America. And the first acupuncturist to come came to New York, and they came to our medical school, NYU Medical School, and they showed how they could numb up the mouth by putting some needles in someone's hand and foot. Wow. And the uh, professors and medical students, we all had our mouth open. We couldn't, it made no sense to us. It was like, it was like a magical kind of thing. And that opened my mind to the possibilities. There's so much more than what I was learning in traditional medical school. And so I went and studied acupuncture and herbs. And I was one of the first acupuncturists licensed in the United States. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I practiced acupuncture for like uh, 10 years. But I didn't have time to do acupuncture and all this other medical things that I was doing. So I hired acupuncturists to work in my office. And I hired herbal people. And... So uh, that was like a total uh, way of changing my, my perspective of things. And then the other turning point, I would say, was even before medical school, I was totally stressed out by trying to get into medical school. Sure. Stomach aches and headaches and just feeling awful. So I learned meditation when one of my fellow students said, hey, you should learn meditation. So I just, oh, I'll do anything to stop this. And it totally changed the way I experienced stress. I became calmer, more relaxed, and that was an, a, a whole different way of looking at the world. Again, in medical school, the doctors laughed at me when I told them, the doctors, the other professors, when I said, maybe eating too much sugar relates to getting diabetes. They thought it was funny. Oh, diabetes wow. was a genetic problem that you grew up with that was type 1 diabetes right. they had no clue there was another type of diabetes that came from eating badly and i was type in 2 and even a type 3 now we know of sure right. and i was in this realm of you know uh, acupuncture and all this kind of stuff and herbs and all that and they were laughing at me they thought i was funny so that was the you know so i was a, kind of became a rebel in terms of <laughs> what I was doing in, in medical school. And I, I, I maintained that throughout. Fantastic. 
Dr. Grossman, I know you also are tra trained traditionally uh, as a medical doctor. I believe more than 40 years as family uh, practice, family medicine, right? Correct. Uh, there's other board certifications you have. If you can just rattle off a few quick ones, but go ahead. Well, I have been a board certified family practice doctor for like 35 years. I didn't renew it uh, in the last five years. I am uh, trained in anti-aging medicine. I am a diplomat, uh, a diplomat of the American Board of Anti-Aging Medicine. I am a, a member of the Biologic MD uh, community of physicians, and we all practice bioidentical hormones and support each other in staying up on the latest and greatest kinds of things. So those are some general background. Well, you and I have been working together for a number of years, and the reality is that um, I have found that the combination, as, as you mentioned so appropriately, stress management, I use NLP, timeline therapy, meditation, exercise, whole food, plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free eating, uh, the whole concept of supplementation that's personalized to each individual based on my new book, of course, uh, Blood Doesn't Lie, that you so aptly uh, gave a quote, which we have the top five doctors in the world giving uh, praise to the book because uh, these anti-aging doctors are, I believe, like you, a pioneer uh, in this whole area. And wh that's why I wanted to open this up to a question and answer, a rapid fire question and answer. We're going to actually open it up to the audience as well, since we're streaming live to Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And we're going to just open up these questions, but I'm going to start it off. What is the purpose of restoring bioidentical testosterone first in men and then we're going to transition to women if it's necessary and is there a preferred mode of delivery in this case i'm thinking about testosterone pellets as compared to uh, testosterone cream or injectable testosterone give us your answer and then is it important to have herbal support in these interventions so for men and women uh, as we get older we lose the natural youthful hormones for women, it may happen very quickly in menopause. For men, it's a gradual thing. You see the uh, athletes, when they're 40 years old, they're kind of over the hill already because they've lost their youthful hormones. And for men, it's a slow, gradual lowering of the hormone levels as you get over the age of 40. And when you lose testosterone, you lose muscle stamina, endurance, muscle strength, but you also lose brain clarity and enthusiasm for life and for creativity. And you also lose libido and sexual functioning. So replacing... And, and yes. by the way, I've also noticed that when a man typically past the age of 35, 40, 50, who has low testosterone, maybe not based on the lab standards, but based on what we look at when we compare to youthful levels, that also when you restore that testosterone to youthful levels, the man feels this relief of inflammation. What is the combination or the connection, if there is, to pain in the body and inflammation, since I'm still a competitive athlete in my late 60s, as you know, uh, still training at world record pace. And yet I find that my body responds incredibly well, not just to healthy diet, sleep and exercise, but basically balancing my hormones and making sure that if I am given testosterone bioidentical, that I'm using herbs to kind of clear the conversion of testosterone to estrogen. Now, I know that's a loaded question, but I know you're able to answer that. So go no, ahead. It's a great question. Thank you. When you don't have enough testosterone, 
and you're a guy and you're trying to do exercise and you're doing weightlifting and you're doing uh, all kinds of uh, stressful activity uh, to keep your muscles youthful, it puts a huge strain on the body when you don't have testosterone. Then you get body aches and pains and muscle aches and that's going to happen when you don't have enough testosterone. So it, it also builds muscle, but it also allows the body to heal and repair those muscles without all that pain and inflammation. When, when, when you're not able to, when you don't have enough testosterone, you're going to build up lactic acid in the body and have all kinds of side effects. Even though you want to exercise and feel good, it won't work easily without testosterone and you're going to get these side effects. When you look at the herbs that you're talking about, it's very important when you're taking testosterone to do something to maintain low levels of estrogen because as men get older, they move more and more testosterone back into estrogen just as part of the aging process. And we don't want so much estrogen. We just want a little bit but not too much. So taking herbs or other, other, other prescriptions that lower t estrogen is very essential when you're taking testosterone prescription. Now you ask about the different kinds of testosterone. So we have... Uh, three kinds of options of testosterone, actually four. I absolutely do not recommend tablets. Tablets go through the GI tract and the liver and creates all kinds of hormonal metabolites that are very bad for you. So don't take oral testosterone. Dr. Grossman, that's what gave probably testosterone use in athletes a bad name. They were using these anabolics, they were oral steroids, but they had a lot of liver problems, a lot right. of uh, uh, side effects, right? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's what was going on for years. And now we've gone back They're to still using things like Anavar and so forth, right? They are, and it's not recommended. A lot of side effects. These are not good for people. They're very, very problematic. Under no condition in, in most cases, right? Well, in most cases. If a doctor prescribes because you have a specific problem where you, you've had some severe injury and you need to have super intense, but we have better things than those kind of things. Right. So it's, it's, it's not recommended. But now you have creams, which can work okay. They, they can be helpful, but the problem with creams is that you over, overload the women in your life. Any woman who touches you or your skin or your clothes <laughs> is going to get overloaded with testosterone and cause problems. You can use injections. Injections work well, and injections are fine. I recommend them twice a week, not every two weeks. Every two weeks, you feel great for five days, and you feel bad for 10 days. So you want to have it a little bit twice a week works reasonably well. Yeah, John, Dr. Jonathan Wright states that injectable testosterone is like an alien molecule. It's not quite bioidentical testosterone cypionate because it's oil uh, ester. It changes the molecular structure. It acts like testosterone, but it doesn't have the full sexual benefits, some of the other emotional benefits. Is that true? Uh, As compared to, say, testosterone pellets or even the bioidentical cream. I would say I agree that it's not totally bioidentical. It's reasonable. It works well. I don't find I have long-term side effects, but I agree it's not as good as the pellet because the testosterone pellet is truly bioidentical testosterone. And the advantage of the pellet is that you get spurts of testosterone all day long, which is how you've been making it since you're a teenager. And the spurts of testosterone are much more natural and you feel better from it and uh, you don't have that effect from the injections it goes up for a day or two then it comes down and so you you you, you get a much more natural release and it lasts for four months so that's my favorite way is the pellet
When you say spurts, I think what you're referring to is at night when you're asleep, your body temperature reduces. So you, you're, the pellet is releasing less testosterone into your system, say 15 milligrams right, or right. down to 10 milligrams. Also, uh, during the day, your body's warmer, it's releasing more. Plus, these pellets are condensed at 50,000 pounds of pressure. So they release very slowly over a three to five month period, right? right that's correct. And when you exercise, you have a lot more blood flowing through your body fat, and that's where the pellet is, under the skin of the body fat, and you get these spurts of testosterone while you're exercising, which is what your body naturally did when you were youthful. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, I know Dr. Ed Lichten, MD, wrote a book about diabetes, as we referred to earlier, and he discovered the miracle that not only, of course, was diet important, but he discovered that testosterone, bioidentical testosterone, particularly pellets, had a, an amazing results on improving insulin sensitivity and reducing the incidence of diabetes, but he also found a peculiar thing that I also found as well, and that was that the increase in testosterone increased a demand on the body's uh, trace minerals. And I wasn't sure if he described the exact connection, but I noticed that when uh, we didn't give enough trace minerals to the patient, when we talk about supplementation, whole foods, 94 different minerals, trace minerals, and so forth, um, we get body cramps. And so, wow. So we take the trace minerals, the cramps go away. So it, it, can you comment on both both of those factors, the, the cramps and the trace minerals and the diabetes for, for testosterone replacement to youthful levels in older individuals? And Older is qualified as anyone past the age of 28, right? Testosterone is starting to drop past the age of 28. The problem with diabetes is one of the main causes of aging. And so diabetes is not an all-in-one phenomenon. So we can measure hemoglobin A1C, the average blood sugar, over the last two months. And we can tell, are you in a super good range? Are you in a pretty good range? Are you in a not good range? Are you in a terrible range? And you could tell five or ten years before... Laptop you get diabetes that you're having a problem. So when we give a man and also a woman testosterone, they will change how active they are during the day. They will change their metabolism. They will be able to build muscle and lose fat. And that's the critical part of reversing any diabetic tendency that you have. And so I find that consistently when I give men and women testosterone, they will improve their diabetes because one, they enjoy exercise more. Right. Two, they're building muscle, losing fat. Right. And three, because they're exercising more, they're probably eating better. Yes. And 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 it 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 sort of is it builds on itself. If you feel good about yourself, you're going to start eating better. They're going to read your books and they're going <laughs> to be excited about exercising. If you can look and you're you're sef I'm seventy years old. Seventy seven zero. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Amazing. I, you look uh, great. You I, feel great too. I've seen you ballroom dance by the way with your wife. That you are the most amazing. I mean, to me, that's the ultimate in athletics, flexibility, movement, energy, and grace and brain you have to have your brain working there's a lot of things, coordination right a lot of things to coordinate you're coordinating oh i used to dance by the way on american bandstand when i was a teenager on national television and i gotta tell you you know dance moves when i was being trained by my partners you know and they would show me these moves i mean i had to remember that's you know right. a series of steps and moves that's and right. i'm like wow my mind was really working yes that's that that's absolutely right probably <laughs> the best 
<laughs> exercise for youthful youthful brain is ballroom dancing because there's so many things to do at the same time. And you do different types of ballroom dancing, right? Well, we do standard ballroom, which is waltz, tango, foxtrot, quick step. That's our, our main things wow. that we do. Yeah, and we I, compete together, my wife and I. And I love we, it. We, we we love it. And your your wife loves it too, as well, right? Well, yeah, she's the one who got me into it. Oh, right? she is. Yeah. Okay, so good. I used to play softball, and the team kicked me off because I couldn't run fast enough. Now, is she a <laughs> softball? You couldn't. Is she a, a family counselor? What, what What is her line of work? She's a marriage counselor, oh. a PhD marriage counselor, and we've written a book on marriage. With does she do co-parenting too, work like that? Oh, she does a lot of work with uh, with, with co-parenting. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah, she is so good at what she does in terms of <laughs> being able to analyze a family situation and figure out where the problem is. Is it Barbara Grossman? Is that true? Barbara Grossman. Yes, okay. PhD. Nice. She doesn't sit and talk and listen to people a lot. No? She, she listens to them and says, here's what's going on. This is what you need to be doing. So a lot of counselors just let you talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She doesn't. Which, she, by the way, letting you talk, in my experience, is, how shall I say this? It's reinforcing a negative record. And that's not. It's good that she interrupts. There's some value and, to and corrects, right? right. right? And changes the well. What she does, she the listens, map. and then she sees the big picture. She gets inside your head, uh -huh. inside your family structure, <laughs> and then she says, "Here's the problem, and here's how you deal with that problem. Here's what you have to do. This is what you have to learn." And, and so she gives people homework to do. Okay. When we do our marriage classes, my wife and I run marriage classes, we have four classes uh, right. for two hours, and we teach the couples how to talk to each other, how to listen to each other, how to make requests of each other, how to understand how different you are and not to blame someone for being different. Hugely important because yes. people are so diverse and different, right? Yes. So going back to our original premise, let's, let's get back on track. Yes, sir. We were talking about the incredible benefit that's very rarely described, and you so aptly explained how testosterone plays a huge role in reducing one of the leading causes of death, diabetes. Diabetes is also associated with a high instance of stroke. It's uh, associated with one of the highest instances of amputated limbs, uh, with loss of eyesight. Are all of these comments I've made true? And the reality that what you said, exercise, diet, Diet, um, getting out and falling in love. All these things are incredibly important to reversing and preventing diabetes. True? Absolutely true. Uh, that, uh, that is the key to longevity is many, many factors, but pre-diabetes is, is a huge factor. And everything you said is true with, di with, with pre-diabetes, uh, you get also kidney failure and you get um, um, pain in your feet in your limbs, and so all these other things that you mentioned, eyesight and, and, and arteries, it's real critical to do all the things you said. That is the, 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 um, the problem that is so easily treated by a change in your lifestyle, a change in your eating and your exercise, and you are the expert in that. And, and, oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm always happy to have patients be doing your program because it makes my job so much easier then if i just give them some testosterone they're a new person they're like whoa i'm ready to go <laughs> well and i think you made it clear that is that a medical doctor such as yourself 
and particularly in anti-aging, I, I tend to notice that the the anti-aging colleagues of mine, and I have many all over the United States and the world, tend to spend more time with their patients because they need that quality time and the added questions that come up and the need to direct them not only about their bioidentical hormones, but stem cells, uh, nice. the, the advent of mitochondria boosting, uh, lifestyle, uh, extension of life, quality of life. Right. Uh, and all of these things kind of interrelate and becomes very complex, but a doctor generally doesn't have that much time. So that's why I'm putting out the books and educating, and we're doing that, these programs for people. That, you know, <laughs> my own personal experience, I was a family doctor for 35 years. Yes. And in 2003, I sold the practice and got out because I couldn't do the anti-aging training and teaching that yes. I do. The insurance paid me the same $43 for, <laughs> for, for like 25 years, the same thing. I couldn't pay my staff. I couldn't pay my rent. I couldn't. I couldn't earn a living Correct. because I would always spend 20 to 25 minutes with a patient. And the insurance company wanted me to spend five to seven minutes with a patient. Right. And five to seven minutes means for most doctors, you have to be quick to pull out the pin and That's write right. the prescription right. or say, Absolutely hey, right. patient, they're not even going to say anything about <laughs> diet because now you've launched Absolutely into right. a whole conversation. Absolutely right. Exercise. There's no time to discuss. Power the mind. The most important things that relate to a person's health. Absolutely right. So when I talk to a patient now, first time I'll spend an hour with them. Yes. And my job is to be a detective and to see where they are falling down in their anti-aging process of life. So they may be great about exercise, but they're eating terrible. Or maybe they're eating good, but they, their hormones are off. Or maybe their hormones are okay, but their, their relationships are, are, are awful. Or, or maybe everything else is good. They're just not sleeping. They have sleep apnea and they feel terrible. There are many different pieces and it takes time to go through and to figure out with each person where the breakdown is. And, and the breakdown could be many. I'm going to open it up to more questions and answers. The first question, uh, Dr. Grossman, is will DIM, chrysin, calcium deglucurate, we use D-glucolactone, which is just simply uh, the more available uh, version of that. Is it important in conjunction with TRT? Now, he's this person is using the word TRT. We like to use BHRT because TRT could be synthetic right. intervention of, t of hormones, right. particularly right testosterone and estrogen and so forth so uh we have done a product that they can search out at docnutrients.com that's available for the doctors and practitioners that involves hormonal balance which by the way happens to have chrysin dim and d-glucolactone i'm going to just inter add the comment that chrysin itself isn't as readily available orally so we did a cream called uh testrogenin which has an an, an androgen it has a dhea which we know to be important for wellness pregnenolone important for brain function it has uh those three particular herbs that uh, this person's asking about but chrysin is absorbed better in our experience through laboratory work and follow-up through through the skin surprisingly yes, yes, yes. and then it modulates and reduces that conversion of testosterone to estrogen do you find the use of these particular herbs dim chrysin uh d-glucolactone or, uh, or in this case they're asking calcium to glucate uh instrumental or important in whether they do I, I think problematically TRT, or if they're smart and they have a doctor like you and the people I work with, BHRT, where, where do you stand on this doctor? Well, I think that uh, these products are very, very important for people who are on testosterone replacement. Men need it much more 
than women. Women don't have a problem having, uh, if they have some more estrogen, it's not a big deal, but it is a big deal for a man. Big deal. Man boobs, prostate enlargement, obesity, even mood. They start to cry, get emotional. True. And it it negates the benefits of testosterone too. When you have, when you have the receptor sites. Right. Yes. So, so, so I think these are very, very important. I get estrogen levels on my men and I can see where they are and, and know if what they're doing is sufficient or not. And so I think this is very important. I think that every, pretty much all my men, I'd say 90% of them are on some kind of a process like you're describing here to keep their testosterone from flowing into estrogen and metabolites. Well, Dr. Grossman, that leads into the next question that's asked here, and that is, uh, should uh, E2, the the estradiol component, be uh, kept in a certain range, and uh, or do we just leave E2 alone uh, with the rise generally expected with uh, testosterone in- intervention? And of course, um, I think there's highly sensitive estradiol. Right. Uh, there's uh, 24-hour urine um, estrogens, which breaks down into the good and bad estrogen so we don't just limit it to one type of estrogen we have to look at it all which i'm working on my next book which will be coming out very soon on this this whole subject but what's your feeling about what ranges and should you just let estrogen run rampant while you're doing testosterone replacement like most bodybuilders do and then they run and have to go a surgery and do gynecomastia surgery because they don't understand how to deal with this excess estrogen right those are big issues you don't want to let it run rampant you do want to get levels and I frequently do the blood tests, they're easily available, but you can do the 24-hour urine and get good information about the metabolites of the estrogen and to see you know, which ones and how high they are. And, you, and you, we do have ranges, we have normal ranges. You don't wanna go above what's a normal range for a, uh, a young adult male. You don't wanna go above that. And, and I see levels, uh, say, l- let's just put out a number for estradiol, 20, 30, 40. Sometimes they drop to 10. You don't want them too, too low. But uh, I've also seen them above 50, 60. And the guys are getting symptoms. That's a problem, right? It's a big problem. And so that's one thing. <clears throat> I test the estrogen levels about every five months on my men. So I know they're in the right range. You also want to test red blood cells on men who are on testosterone because your red blood cells tend to go up. If they go up too high, you're gonna, you, you might create a problem. So many men have to give and donate blood every three to five months to keep it in a reasonable range until uh, then it usually settles out. And, and then they don't need to do that so much. But Which, by the way, Dr. Neil Rousier has a theory that we've published on the YouTube channel related to the increase in testosterone, which he believes from a primitive time that young men had higher testosterone. They got in a fight. Their testosterone level went up. They had to have high testosterone and high blood cell counts to deal with the possible blood loss in a fight. And he also compared to high altitude, people living in high altitude, that they invariably produce more yes. red blood cells. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. We do some altitude conditioning as well, which increases the uh, erythropoietin, which is a very important hormone that a lot of bicyclers, endurance bicyclers use. But I've noticed that if we put them on an oil-free, sugar-free diet, that hemoglobin, that hematocratic, it tends to come down to a safer level because now you're offsetting it with exercise, healthier diet eating, and then the testosterone, in my uh, experience of 43 years, and you and I have been working together, I've been using... uh, 
the advantage of all of these anti-aging principles. So I, I rarely want anyone to go on uh, BHRT, bioidentical hormone replacement, unless they're willing to take into account herbal intervention, dietary change, exercise, because otherwise y you have to do things that don't seem to be so natural. Why are you doing bloodletting when you can do it more naturally? Is that possible? Well, it is possible. And ultimately, if your hematocrit's above 55, I won't give you any more testosterone. So what you have to do whatever Because that shows too many red blood cells in the per volume of the blood, true? Right. And if it goes up to 60, the incidence of stroke is definitely high. Yeah, and hemoglobin, anything above 15 in men, has twice the risk of stroke in women right. above 14. Right. So I've noticed that uh, some of the natural uh, products, according to medical journal Lancet, uh, using garlic, mushrooms, uh, uh, ginger, scallions, these things actually thin the blood very nicely. So the other issue is concern about too thick of blood right. instead of resorting to aspirin. Again, another natural intervention, but also uh, taking into account the incredible benefit. And yet, I think you would agree, less than 5% of people are hearing it clear that olive oil is not good for you in excess, anything above a teaspoon, that using all of these uh, oils and recipes, even if it's a plant-based diet or worse, in a meat-based diet, meat is loaded with fats and oils and grease and all the protein and all these things. If you just switch the diet over, those, those hemoglobin levels come down. Down two three points right down i've maintained my levels for 43 years in a safe range and even though for all these years when i started declining in in, in testosterone of course i resort first to herbs we have a test testosterone boosting product with a venus ativa um, it has um, tribulus it has uh, boron zinc you know all these things really make a difference in naturally increasing testosterone for those who don't want to step over and say use injectable testosterone or pellets is that a loaded question there but I, go ahead i think that these things can work for people they have to be willing to do the the various products and they'll be see how well they work and then ultimately we go by the numbers so if it's working then we're happy if it's not working then i will have to do some other things to keep those levels where we want them and, and I think the, the key takeaway point on, on this part of the conversation is I think it's a problem that all these athletes uh, are wanting to hide the fact that they may be using hormone replacement. So that puts them at risk because they're not being monitored. There's no lab work being done. It's, it's very, very potentially dangerous. And that's why the science of anti-aging and um, lifestyle medicine and energy medicine, all of these things really need to be taken into account. Otherwise, you're just taking a shot in the dark and you don't know what's going on. I, I've been looking at blood, you know, again, having written the book, Blood Doesn't Lie, and I, I'm looking at CBCs and blood cell counts and differentials and under a microscope, the shape and the quality of their, their red cells. Are they deficient in B12, folic acid, iron? Do they need vitamin D3 based on another test? Uh, will they benefit from zinc in this time where there's things going on with isolation and people are fearful of an infectious um, contraction of disease. So people have to understand all of this, although it's complex, we've been doing this for so many years. It's, it's kind of like, why not go to the experts? And that's why we do the coaching eligibility. You have a chance to, to fill that form out, come online and uh, really be guided by people like Dr. Grossman and, and the colleagues that I work with. I have another question here. Uh, and, and that is, uh, is there an ideal level for free tea? Is, is everybody different? What is the upper range or, or above range? Now, 
I, free T, that's a good good question. What I, I assume they're referring to uh, blood tests for, for yeah. testosterone. And then what is it if, if maybe you're looking at it in that uh, area of, of uh, lab? So free testosterone, uh, we have normal ranges. The lab will give you normal ranges for your age. Mm-hmm. So you have <clears throat> above 70 years old, they have a much lower range as, quote, normal. But if you're 70 years old, you don't want to have a range of a 70 or 80 year old. You like to have a range of a 40 year old, so you feel like you're 40. So the free test. Or a 25 or 30 year old. 25 or 30. Like I like to be. So so (laughs) we have a range, a clear range. And so we like to keep people in the lower uh, youthful range. That's where we want to go. So some people have a total testosterone that may be in a certain range, but the free, I use that more than the total to find w- whether you have enough testosterone aboard. Because some people are buying their testosterone and it's not available to go in the cell. So the free is much, much more clearly related to how well you feel. And so I, I use that as the primary one. And I, I know there's probably less published work on this information, but I spent uh, quite a bit of time when I was doing research and commissioned by a company who had produced a product called Great Sex in a Bottle, interesting name for a product. But uh, they were using some herbs uh, specifically that we've kind of isolated and uh, reviewed and then studied in people before and after to see that if these particular herbs would help to uh, attach to sex hormone binding globulin and take this total testosterone which is transported by this binding protein and release more of the free bioavailable testosterone and to my delight the the release happened within less than 10 days Uh, most men and women noticed a significant increase in free testosterone and going back to this original question is there an upper range Uh, is there a risk I mean you're just making more bioavailable because that bioavailable is important for heart health what does the heart have the most testosterone receptor sites of any organ of the body uh in the in the studies that suggested that there was a problem with testosterone and heart uh those studies were later refuted uh, they were using irregular dosages we did they were using questionnaires they didn't know if people were even using the testosterone properly it wasn't under medical monitoring if you will if everything i've just said is true but i wanted to come back full circle uh is it possible and elegant to bring the testosterone up to a certain level so we don't have to push it so high like some of these athletes try but for anti-aging purposes and health and performance libido uh, combine these herbs together to release more of the bioavailable to get that benefit i think that's an excellent an excellent path to combine herbs which will lower the the binding globulins yes. and raise the free testosterone combining it with the replacement I think that's an excellent way to go. And, and we can measure and see just how the numbers are working so we know if it's working for you or not. Yeah. So, and the range might vary. Um, I know Eugene, Eugene Shippen wrote a book, Testosterone Syndrome. And when I talked with him personally, uh, he talked about the fact that uh, men and women have different ranges that they feel comfortable with. Like if you were in high school, you were a leader, you, you were the... the, the the high school athlete, you, you, you know, you were dominant, you were president of, of the school. I mean, you, you just were a real leader and you were used to just having that high natural testosterone. I know my son, uh, who's now 27, but walks around with a natural testosterone of 1,500, 1,700. And I thought, okay, I felt that way when I was his age. And so for me to bring my levels to his youthful levels, not to an athlete where I've seen levels 5,000, 10,000, I mean, crazy levels. I mean, sometimes 
sometimes they don't want anyone to know so we have to submit a name that you know isn't their name but you know because i'm worried hey what are you doing you know what's going on with your body to to get that result so uh that youthful level but then like uh, a computer nerd might have felt real comfortable with a testosterone level of 800 not not a thousand or a thousand five hundred and and you bring his level to that range he's feeling pretty good he's going oh i'm feeling good everything's good uh what about this range and variability from uh, 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 man to man or woman to woman? So there certainly is a, a range. And oftentimes I'd start out by weight. If you're a really 300-pound man versus a 130-pound <laughs> man, I'm going to give you different amounts of testosterone. But once we get that, then we have to go and see how do you feel, how does your free testosterone look, and what's working for you. And then we have to look at, gee, how is, how is it affecting your estrogen? And we want to get all the hormones back in balance. Now, for women, it varies a lot in women as to how much they need to feel good. So when I do testosterone in women, I don't find that the blood tests are very helpful because for women, the testosterone has to go inside the cell, and, and whatever is measured in the blood does not reflect what's in the cell very well for women. And, That's interesting. And I find that it varies a lot. So I really don't go by the blood tests in women. I rather go by how they're feeling. And the research has been shown that for women, the major side effects of too much testosterone, you get a little acne. Okay. You get a little extra hair growth. Okay. And those are the main side effects. But isn't that because the testosterone may convert to a little bit more DHT, dihydrotestosterone? Correct. And then that ends up in the skin, and you may not actually get that measurement in the blood, but you see the symptom, the effect on the skin. That is true. Right. That is okay. true. So you want to do what you can uh, herbally to keep down the DHT levels or... Yeah, we, we use a product that modulates DHT. We call it DHT block. It modulates, right. it moves it through its pathway so it doesn't get stuck in that particular right. uh, hormone uh, and, level. And for women, the, the doses can vary a lot. It can vary from 80 milligrams to 125 milligrams, which is pretty big variation in terms of what we, what we dose. But it makes a huge difference for women when you get the right dose. Dose of testosterone? Of testosterone. A bioidentical pellet? A bioidentical pellet. They feel so good. They feel it's fantastic. amazing, right? But it takes a little while to get the right dose, and it can vary for each woman. And, and, and so it's peculiar for women. Don't, you can't rely on the blood tests. You, you, you get a little better idea from the 24-hour urine tests. Uh, and, and that gives you more of a, an idea of where you are because that measures the free testosterone more, more accurately what's in the cell. Right. It, it, and just to, to be succinct, uh, Dr. Kathleen Geringer uh, works with uh, females uh, using testosterone pellets in, in the Florida area. And it's good to hear that you also have found a similar effect. But she notices the women report uh, improve mental function, more focus, uh, happiness, uh, removing depression, right. that they notice improve libido, much to the delight of their partner. Uh, it, it just changes their life. I mean, it's one of the most important interventions, yet we're going to get to it. I think we need to address the critical area of adrenals before we adjust you know the, the anabolic you got to deal with the catabolic and get that in balance but let's circle back to this this issue to 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 confirm what dr kathleen geringer's observations yes. are about female benefits of testosterone hormone replacement i totally agree with that that testosterone does exactly what you're describing for women as well as for men for women when they go into menopause 
they get depressed, they get tired, they get irritable, they lose enthusiasm, they lose libido, and getting that replaced for them is so critical. And the other hormones have a value too. So estrogen for women not only stops the hot flashes, but helps the mood and helps the memory as well as the bones. Progesterone for women, so important for depression and anxiety and sleeping. And progesterone is the one hormone uh, of, of these sex hormones that I like to use orally for women because when you take it orally and it goes through the liver, it's changed into compounds that get into the brain and that cause the brain to settle down. To help for sleep? And you help sleep. At night. And it helps mood. Okay. And really, really important. But they all work together. So all the hormones work together as a team estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. You want to get the balance of all of them, but it changes a woman's life. Women who feel awful in menopause, all of a sudden they're 35 years old again and they're just feeling happy. When you say awful in menopause, uh, 45, 50 and above, but they feel more like a 35 to, to 25 year old, true? Absolutely true. Yeah. Now, when you, and again, we're opening it up to live questions because we are live streaming right now. I, I want to mention, please subscribe to our channel. Please hit the bell for notification if you haven't used YouTube before because every time we stream, you want to be notified. And also, please share. And if you have uh, a feeling of your evaluation of this, whether you have a positive or negative review, that's engagement for us. And sometimes the negative engagement, I'll shoot back a note or one of the staff will go, well, what was it about You know what we were talking about that we either missed that you want us to talk about or you felt was off? So these are some of the things that uh, Dr. Grossman and I are excited about, you know, I'm so happy to be working with you because it really brings uh, medicine and this whole issue uh, that we talk, uh, and I'm going to transition now to a big factor, which is adrenal control and insulin and the the use of uh, uh, is it leptin 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 for uh, obesity control because I think this is probably an accurate statistic we have more instances of obesity now in our nation and around the world than at any time in the history of of civilized world and obesity is not a good thing associated with higher incidence of high blood pressure stroke cancer heart disease all of these issues. Uh, so let's come back full circle. We were talking about adrenal, uh, excuse me, testosterone intervention, yet you as a medical doctor and anti-aging practitioner know that if you're going to look at thyroid, which is somewhat anabolic, you're going to look at DHEA, which is so somewhat anabolic, and testosterone, you, you have to not only know as you so aptly monitor the estrogens, but what's going on with the adrenals? Because if you ramp up the androgen levels, you might uh, put a demand on the adrenals. And if a person's burned out, drinking coffee, staying up all night, uh, they're, they're using these supplements that are loaded with caffeine, they're um, basically um, in a stressful environment in their life, in their relationship, in their jobs, their sleep is disrupted. And these people are bordering on adrenal fatigue. And the common question I ask is, when you wake up in the morning, do you feel refreshed or you feel tired and you, as if you, even though you got eight hours of sleep? And if they say, I'm tired and tired most of the morning, the first thing I know is like, or towards the afternoon, what's going on with their adrenals? So would you intervene first and, and foremost with your adrenals before you even started with the androgen introduction? Or how would you go about concurrently? If, they, if, if a patient has 
extreme adrenal fatigue. So in the beginning of adrenal issues, when you're under stress, your, your, your hydrocortisone and cortisol levels are elevated and, and they're, they're high. Then after a while, it begins to get lower and lower. And then after a while, it gets totally flat. So it's supposed to be, we wake up in the morning, as you're mentioning, your adrenal glands secrete hydrocortisone and cortisol and, and, and you wake up and you feel great. Fantastic. Right. But if you've already been stressed out for some months or years, it's flat. It never goes up. And that is something that has to be addressed first. Many people live with fatigue every day of their life, and they've just come to accept it, and yet their quality of life is just really challenged. How can they enter into a relationship? How can they sustain that relationship with the kind of the communication that comes about right, with the relationship? Right. How do they go about the ability to sustain a career in stressful times, maybe the most stressful time in all of history of mankind? Yes. I mean, we're looking at 30 million people right now without jobs. You know, right, right. how are they going to enter back in the job market? How are they going to function? So these adrenals, is it's some endocrinologists poo-poo it and they go, eh, you know, there's not much to that adrenal burnout and so forth. But Dr. Edwin Lee, endocrinologist, uh, I know Dr. Terry Hertog. These doctors look at what's going on with the adrenal function in 24 urine. They're looking at the metabolites. They're not only doing that, but saliva is one of the few uh, hormones that uh, that is the cortisol adrenals can be measured fairly accurately in, in saliva. The other hormones, maybe not as accurate as we'd like, but you can do a four-point test, morning, uh, noon, afternoon, and evening of cortisol and see what, yes. what the range is. So and, what's and, going on with the adrenals? And, and that's so important to get the four levels throughout the day. Okay. So many doctors just do one blood test and think that that's sufficient, but you can't tell from one blood test. And blood tends to regulate cortisol within a very narrow range. Whereas right. saliva will pick up the drops, uh, urine will pick up the drops and That's changes. Correct. That's mm -hmm. correct. You see a very different pattern. We use both the, though, blood, urine, blood. saliva, right? All well, three. Well, I would say Where it's appropriate. The urine and saliva are the most important. For, for, adrenals. for adrenals. But I mentioned blood maybe because we want to get uh, what the published studies relate to is testosterone, estrogen, and that, yes. and sex hormone binding globulin because yes. you're not going to get a binding globulin in that urine or saliva. That is correct. But for the adrenal glands, you want to get a 24-hour measurement in, 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 in urine or saliva. And then you see the pattern. And based upon the pattern, you have a much better idea of what needs to be done for this person. So, so uh, if you correct those, those, uh, the, the pattern of the hormones and give somebody herbs that help to regulate the hormones, it can take a month or two. And then that, that, that regulates. Tracy's next. You can also... Uh, uh, temporarily replace that with, with bioidentical hydrocortisone tablets as an emergency. You let them get some. Something. Those hydrocortisone tablets are a lifesaver. You feel it's like a miracle. In fact, there was a book, Safe Uses of Cortisol by William McKinley Jeffries, and he talked about how he intervened with the, the SARS and some of the early versions of very deadly viral outbreaks, pandemics, and he was able to discuss, and I, I'm told uh, a week ago or so, JAMA came out saying exactly this, that four dosages of hydrocortisone taken over a four-day period, fairly high dosages, but you know, the body produces about 40 milligrams a day, but uh, 
taking morning, uh, four hours later, uh, noon, and then afternoon and evening. And, and literally the symptoms just virtually just disappear. I, I've noticed it knocks out colds and flus and bronchitis like almost within a day or two where normally that kind of stuff lingers for sometimes days, weeks, sometimes months. Can you address that? And uh, am I right about this whole issue of uh, dosing? Because you were talking about hydrocortisone, but was there something better to transition besides cortisol tablets? Well, I, I think the hydrocortisone, for those people who have flat lines of the 24-hour urine or saliva, that is a, there's a great value for giving them hydrocortisone tablets. And I usually will only go to like 20 milligrams a day, maybe 30 milligrams, because they, we want their own adrenal glands to make some hormones. That's a temporary thing for maybe a month, maybe two months, maybe one month. They're going to feel so much better. Then we take them off of that, and then we leave them on herbs. The herbs will maintain that, that activity, and the herbs, they can stay on for however long they're under a lot of stress. And that works consistently well for people who are flatlined at hydrocortisone. So it's extremely, extremely uh, valuable to balance out those, uh, those uh, cortisol levels for people who are feeling really, really tired. And, and for people who take thyroid, if you're low in cortisol, you're taking thyroid, you're putting extra stress on the thyroid because the thyroid gives you more energy, more metabolism. Right. You're supposed to feel better, but you need to have the hydrocortisone there to maintain that and to balance things out. So you often, people who are given thyroid by doctors are deficient in hydrocortisone. You're right on. We did a product called Adrenal Immune Support, and it, it includes uh, the adrenal uh, glandular cortex uh, New Zealand base, very pure, very clean. And within it, it has this natural hydrocortisone. So that along with echinacea, with garlic, uh, ashwagandha, all these herbs really help rebuild the adrenals. And I know Dr. Wilson talks about in his book, Adrenal uh, Fatigue, and I've interviewed him, the importance of aldosterone, vasopressin, uh, adrenal, because People become adrenaline junkies. They they can't produce enough cortisol. Everyone's bad mouthing cortisol as if it, hydrocortisone, if it's bad and everything, but it increases under stressful demand to protect you, to save you. And without the production, your body then depends on adrenaline. And then people get very stressful and angry. And you hear of what's called a drama queen or a a, 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 a male that gets just outbursts of anger. And it's a lot of times they don't have enough of that adrenal release particularly the cortisol, which can release at times of stress. And when you mentioned 20, 30 milligrams, that can be divided throughout the day, right? They don't Correct. have to take it all at once. No, that, we always divide it, absolutely. So these herb interventions, do you like that idea? Because long-term, uh, you may not need the, the prescription long hydrocortisone. Long-term, you want to use the herbs, absolutely. Short-term, the hydrocortisone. Long-term, the herbs are fantastic. They're incredible. And they're harmless. I mean, you can stay on them whenever you feel stressed. You can be on them for years. It doesn't matter. There's nothing bad about them. And they... They, they have only beneficial effects over a long period of time. And we added DMG dimethylglycine as a methyl donor because we realized the liver function with the adrenal function was necessary in this herbal combination for adrenal support. Does that make sense, a methyl donor? And what is its known purpose of uh, helping to assist over a billion chemical reactions per second to support the body in this rather amazing thing we call life? I mean, we, we, we are life electric energy beings, right? Methyl donation is so important for health to keep your DNA healthy, to help. DNA it. protector. We have right. a product called DNA protector. So important. And, and, and methylation is um, something that's very important for, 
for, for protecting your blood vessels. You, you need to have uh, these, uh, they're like variations of B vitamins. You need to have them. They're such an important part of, of uh, the body's ability to detoxify and to uh, maintain, maintain your DNA health over, over your lifetime. You're bringing up here's a here's another uh, question. Uh, if your experience of if in your experience, if using injection uh, testosterone, what is the ideal dosage per week of testosterone to optimize? Is it 100 milligrams, 200 milligrams? You mentioned divided into two injections a week. I prefer two injections a week. So I would say for the average man, you know, depending upon your weight, but let's say you're an average man weighing between 150 and 200 pounds. The, the dosage is going to be somewhere between um, 40 to 60 milligrams twice a week. So that's, that would be like a range to give you an idea of what the range would 40 be. 40 to 60 milligrams for the average male? Twice a week, yeah. That makes sense because when you go 100 or above, like some people use a 100 or 200, it's a little too much. You get this too high of a spike and then a, a big dip. Right, so that would be if you're doing once a week 100, that would be like 50 twice a week, you feel much better. Much better, that makes sense. Yeah. Perfect, perfect answer. Okay, next fire uh, question is, what is it about the importance of the, the body's emotions and their ability to control their uh, DHEA level and pregnenolin and their brain function? How important is cognition and these particular hormones? What some call the mother and grand and father hormones of, of all the hormone chain. Well, uh, all the hormones that we talk about have an effect upon the brain. So many of the gynecologists, uh, it, it's like so bizarre. They take out a woman's uh, uterus and say, oh, well, you don't need progesterone or anymore, estrogen, because you don't have a uterus. It's like crazy. The, the brain is so tied in to estrogen, progesterone, testosterone as well as uh, the DHA, pregnenolone, all these are hormones in the same category, sex hormones, and it's critical to have them activate the brain properly. And, and they, they, there are so many different roles they play. So I mentioned memory is for estrogen, calmness and sleep is for progesterone, testosterone is for general brain clarity, enthusiasm. They're all very, very important. In addition, we have the other category of hormones, growth hormone, which we haven't talked about. Growth hormone is a variation which is not a sex hormone. It's produced by the pituitary gland, and it releases usually at bedtime when you're sleeping, and it rejuvenates the brain. It's critical to have that. As men and women get older, they lose growth hormone production, and it affects, has a huge effects on the brain as well as other effects on the body too. Yeah, so we found that the transdermal delivery of DHA and pregnenolin uh, that we include in, in that particular product I mentioned, testrogenin, uh, is an elegant way because sometimes when you take oral, say DHA, in women it'll tend to convert to testosterone, and men DHA will convert into estrogen if you take too much. Uh, are you comfortable with an, uh, a tr transdermal a cream delivery of these I, particular I, hormones? I love the transdermal. That is great. I will sometimes do sublingual under the tongue because you also absorb it in that same way. Nice. And that is better than the tablets. So I, I definitely like that as a uh, 
a method. Fantastic. So brain function is absolutely essential. Let's get to the core of this immune rejuvenation uh, a challenge that we have. What would be your wish list? What vitamins, what hormones? Uh, would you include any peptides? Uh, let's address this thing because it's, it's a national and international challenge right now for everyone. What do we need to do to build up that immune system? So God forbid, if we do develop or contract an infectious condition, or more importantly, we're able to fight it with our God-given ability and, and, and the ability of white blood cells to mobilize uh, 8 million white blood cells within a minute and to uh, identify with B cells over a billion different right, combinations? Right. Well, we, we now have some very good research on the coronavirus to show that <clears throat> vitamin D is absolutely critical to maintaining a healthy immune system and reducing side effects you might get if you get the coronavirus. And, and we find that vitamin D, everyone has to measure your levels. You can't know what your levels are without getting a blood test. And they should be above 30, above 40, ideally even 60, vitamin D? Ideally, I say it's above 55. Okay. Below 30 is, is very deficient. Most Californians are about at that level of 30. We want to be above 55. You don't want to be above 100. You want to be 55 to 80, I would say, be ideal. And most people need to take 5,000 IUs a day. Now, there is reason. We use 5,000 IUs in a product we call insulin mitochondria. It's, it's heart uh, stability. And uh, we use that as part of the formula with alpha lipoic acid. It's got uh, vitamin, as we just mentioned, vitamin D3, but it also has some herbs, uh, bergamante, lycopene, uh, uh, and uh, the equivalent to metformin, which is berberin. And yes. so that combination helps to stabilize the insulin, but also these other herbs are supporting the immune system. Does that make sense? Absolutely makes sense and with vitamin d i liked for my patients to take 180 micrograms of vitamin k that's what the latest research shows to put the extra calcium into the bones not into your arteries i like giving them vitamin k dr grosser what do you say to the skeptic saying oh vitamin d is overrated uh, getting outdoor in the daylight in the sun to convert uh, under the skin dihydro uh, cholesterol into vitamin D, uh, that somehow this doesn't play a role in the immune system? What is going on out in the medical community and the censorship? I don't understand why they're coming back saying vitamin D and zinc aren't important and uh, these, these factors. Vitamin D, the research shows that you have to have these levels. If it's above 55, you get less cancer, less heart disease. Very important. If you take vitamin K, you protect your bones and you protect from heart disease. That's just the research. But if you want to get enough vitamin D from the sun, just walk around in a bathing suit for an hour and a half every day out in the good sunshine. And if it doesn't sunshine, you have to come to Southern California and then you can walk around here. And now uh, zinc has also been researched to show it's very important. And taking zinc on a regular basis is very important. Somewhere between, I'd say, 25 to 30 milligrams would be like an essential amount to take. You could take 50 milligrams. We use that, by the way, in our testosterone boosting product, the zinc. But the added minerals and herbs help to enhance testosterone. Uh, but zinc specifically will help the immune system is what Absolutely. you're saying. Very important. Very important. Now, there's many other things that are important for the immune system functioning. You can take all kinds of probiotics. Very important for the immune system functioning. We have all kinds of colostrum type of products that are very helpful. We have products that are derived from, from, um, from a curcumin 
that are very important for for calming down. Turmeric, curcumin, uh, right. curcumin, right? Yeah. We Tumor. use it in a liver detox uh, product, a, uh, a liver uh, enhancer. Does that make sense? Because the liver, yeah. particularly, it's involved also with testosterone modulation, that conversion of testosterone to estrogen, which we're trying to slow down. Yes. And, and, and all these herbs have multiple benefits, so, so, so we use them for many different things. But in terms of the immune system, those are things that we know are real, real critical. Now, we do have other things that, that will, will boost and balance the immune system when we need to do that. Uh, we do have uh, peptides, and we haven't talked about peptides. Oh, I want to talk about peptides. Let's, let's transition to peptides right now. Really important. Dr. Grossman, you are a wealth of, of information. And it's interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of doctors out there sometimes get more press. They get on some of these big Spotify. And did, did it go out to iTunes and Spotify in the letter today saying that we're also available uh, besides what we're, we're doing right now? So you can find us on Spotify, iTunes. This show will be rebroadcasted. Uh, and also we're on Instagram Live. That's still uh, broadcasting right now. So all of this, listen, guys, is there any questions from Instagram, by the way? What's going on, Instagram? Come on. And Facebook. So, you know, the reality is, doctor, that people need these answers, but they need them that are sound based on uh, uh, medical journals, your wealth of experience of more than 40 years of practicing medicine. And so when, when we think about these conditions and situations, Let's play that uh, role now of, of the listener and saying, okay, so here we have these critical hormones, but what are peptides? Is human growth hormone part of the peptide category? And are there specific peptides that will build up the immune system? So peptides are amino acids that are short chains. They're not like proteins that are very long chains of amino acids. They're very short chains. And they act as signaling factors to give the body direction to do something. And so we have a variety of different kinds of peptides. So we mentioned one, the growth hormone peptide. It's not actually a growth hormone peptide, but it's a peptide that tells the body to release growth hormone from the pituitary. And Are you talking about semerelin and GHR3, uh, GHR6? So they're short chain in it triggers the body to think, I better complete this 191 amino acid chain. Is that kind of how it works? Well, it, it, it works in several ways. Yes, it has a lot of the same, uh, the same chains that you have in growth hormone, but it signals the body to release the growth hormone. And, and, and the growth hormone is sitting in the pituitary, but the releasing mechanism doesn't seem to work so well. So there's these various peptides that will do different things to tell the body to release growth hormone usually at nighttime when you're sleeping. And that can have a huge effect upon the, the youthfulness of your overall body. We have other- Youthfulness, let's, let's pause, because we're, we're addressing specifically the immune system. But I noticed that with these peptides, particularly the ones you mentioned, uh, Semarel and GHR3, GHR6, CJ1275, maybe I left a few 1295. out. 1295, did I leave anything out? But, but these particular okay. uh, peptides have this amazing ability to kind of engorge the muscles to you look more robust uh, in your pictures and photographs you look young um, may i say the male organ engorges better as well is there a connection to peptides and growth hormone and uh, male erectile ed uh, that is the opposite of ed erectile function there's a big effect on that area and so we find that these peptides will when they release growth hormone you feel like you're 20 years younger <laughs> you do. In, in I mean, absolutely. So many ways, both in your brain, 
in your mood, in your muscle stamina, in your endurance, in your recovery, in your libido, sexual functioning, all these things get more youthful through the release of growth hormone. By the way, I contributed to, I believe, the online version of Grow Young with HGH, which almost triggered the whole anti-aging movement with Dr. Ron Klatz and Bob Goldman. They honored me by asking me to contribute a chapter about uh, nutraceuticals and peptide that help to stimulate growth hormone. And of course, I knew the subject because I was studying with Dr. Eric Dady from Chicago, uh, looking at uh, deliveries and was it possible to deliver oral because insulin had been shown and later and only a few years back, FDA approved you could use a nasal oral delivery of insulin. So there was dispute whether you could get a large molecule into the system, but now we have evidence you can, but better usually the subcutaneous, a little injection insulin needle under the skin, right, doctor? It, it is consistently effective to do it subcutaneously under the skin. And we do have peptides that specifically work on the immune system. Tell me which. Uh, we have the... Um, uh, the um, there are two peptides. Beta. Uh, 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 thymosin alpha. Yes. And thymosin beta. Yes. So there's alpha one and beta four. But these are immune system peptides that stimulate the immune system. So the alpha stimulates, makes the immune system better able to fight infections and restores that youthfulness to increase these, um, these uh, immune cells that will fight infection. And, and, the, and the beta is the one that will calm down autoimmune disease. So when you get inflammation from various problems, whether it be colitis or arthritis or other autoimmune problems where your immune system is overactive, it settles it down. And so these have been very, very effective uh, uh, peptides. And we always combine them with all the natural products that, that we've talked about. There are so many herbs that will be very helpful in that arena too. That's tremendous. You know what, Dr. Grossman, you're a wealth of information and knowledge. Uh, I have a question now for the plant-based community. Is it appropriate for anti-aging and longevity to go on an oil-free, but get your essential fatty acids from whole nut seeds, avocados, olives, olives, coconut, not in excess if you're struggling with weight, because I want to transition to that weight question that we started off with regarding this hormone issue. And also, uh, can you get enough protein on a plant-based diet? Uh, I, I know you know I've been on a program for 43 years, plant-based, oil-free, competitive athlete. Uh, you're one of my doctors I refer to, so you've been able to examine my lab work. You know whether my blood work shows am I protein deficient? Uh, do I look protein deficient on, on the hundreds of patients that you've analyzed, some of which have been whole plant-based, oil-free? Um, some people would say, you know, uh, to the exclusion of all meat, cheese, eggs, dairy product, uh, chicken, fish, I, I personally don't eat any of those things. And yet, can we follow a program that will not only support healthy hormones, because they'll tell you, oh, you got to eat meat to, to get cholesterol to produce your hormones. So answer that. So you're a living proof that you don't have to eat meat to, to get <laughs> cholesterol to help your hormones. Uh, you know, if you're eating meat, if you're eating range-fed uh, meat that's been been uh, out in the uh, uh, um, in the pastures and the farmland, and and they're eating grass, it's a very different product than eating meat that when they're eating grain. It's it's not the same the same nutritional value. So for people eating meat. You know, when you're eating, eating the fish, it's so different to eat a fish that's farm-raised compared to a fish that's out in the ocean. So 
we have to look at that aspect of eating meat. But basically, you don't need to eat meat to be healthy. It's a little harder to eat healthily when, when you're not eating any meat. You have to think about what are you eating, your vegetables, your nuts, uh, your fruit. You have to think about it. Uh, you know, it's easier for Americans to just uh, think about eating meat than they don't have to, uh, you know, be eating potato chips and, uh, and uh, sugar. Fantastic. Danny, can you check Mike four to make sure this is the level for Tracy? We just have Tracy Lynn who came on the set. I want the dog to come on the set. What's the deal? Bring the dog. Are you kidding? Come on. What, 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 what? Is it a chihuahua? What's the dog's name? And do I have voice level on this, Danny? I have no idea. I want to make sure I've got... Okay, so we've got Angel here. This is my little chihuahua. You she is an uh, amazing little girl. I don't really longer, know how old she is, but she's definitely older. Perfect. <laughs> well, fantastic. You know what? We are so excited to have Tracy Lynn. Uh, tell us uh, and share with Dr. Grossman because it's per perfect timing about this question about plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free eating compared to keto. <laughs> have you made that transition and what's going on uh, with, with your uh, program right now? Absolutely. Well, hello and thank you for having me and a pleasure to meet you, doctor. And uh, always a pleasure to see you, Dr. Nick Delgado, and a pleasure to be here. So it has been interesting. Uh, I mean, I've gone through the kind of peaks and valleys of being a, a meat eater and a uh, in the bodybuilding mindset. Like a, like a carnivore meat eater or what? I was going to say, yeah. You know, <laughs> That's really trending right now. It, yeah, well, it's not trending in my world anymore. So Good. I know you'd be happy to hear that. I have made a transition. Um, what I've done is I've actually, I went plant-based for about 11 weeks, and it was solid plant-based. I was going through some health issues at the time. We weren't really sure what was going on with me. Um, I had been doing keto. By the way, you look fantastic. Thank How you. do you feel? I feel amazing. <laughs> and are you plant-based right now? I am not 100% plant-based, but I am almost there. Okay, well, so, well, meaning I've added in egg whites and I do a little bit of fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I've taken the meat out. Right. I've been really good. I've had Did you lose muscle density when you took the meat out? Uh, no. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> Isn't that a fallacy that you have to eat meat and, and uh, chicken to, to build muscle? Absolutely. It totally is. And, and I really believe that. It was ingrained in my mind and that's what I've been told. That's what I read. That's what I believed my whole life. And so for me as a health and wellness expert for so many years, it was really hard to make the you know, connection between my body and my mind and saying, you know what, I don't need this meat in order for my body to still keep lean muscle mass. Well, Dr. Grossman, uh, I think Tracy brings up a good point, uh, but I wanted to kind of complete our, our last uh, series of questions, though. Now that I think we put to rest this whole idea that, you know, y you can get enough protein, uh, more than enough. I've been doing it for 43 years on probably, you know, it's very difficult to get less than 40 grams of protein a day, and yet you'd be in positive nitrogen balance, even just eating fruits, vegetables, beans, and peas. But, you know, I've done analysis on my diet and other diets, but plant base gives me at least 80 grams of protein which is double any any athletes need any athlete even world-class athletes and they are so enamored with protein protein because you know why can i say why i think i think because they're steroid users and they have to mask that they're using steroids and they say i take my protein powder very few of the, a few of those guys use that dairy whey protein cheap stuff do they no even if you're sponsored and i you know i don't know this part with the steroids because i've always been drug free 
But for me, I know that even if they are sponsored athletes, they are still not even using the free products. Their free products are given to them and they don't even use them because they're supplementing their programs with other things. And, and uh, not everybody's doing that, you know, so. But, but at the world-class level, I mean, athletes. let's face it, right? And Arnold admittedly openly was using uh, anabolic steroids during his whole career. In those days, he said it was somewhat okay there was no issue about it except for the olympics they still had issue then because it gave you an unfair advantage but steroids are all about uh recuperating the body and dr uh, grossman bioidentical hormones and peptides uh, have a natural ability to help the body recuperate because the biggest challenge we have is senior athletes and you're a senior ballroom dancer if you will and i think you can successfully be classified you mentioned earlier you're 70 i'm i'm 67 this year so to 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 really think that we can compete with young people instead of sitting on a couch or in a wheelchair is this all doable based on what we're saying and is it safe and healthy to transition to bioidentical and and peptides for the immune system and the health and even if you want to continue in sports and love making and activity. It's very, very safe. It actually extends life, extends your life expectancy because you're physically active, you have lean body mass, you're reversing any issues with diabetes, you're keeping your brain young, but you also have to do everything else. You have to eat healthy as you're describing it. You have to be doing your exercise. You have to have relationships that work for you so that you feel connected to other people. You have to do the whole thing, and when you do it, you're going to be 70, 80, 90 years old, and you're going to be youthful and feeling good. You know, a, a comment came up, Nick looks jittery and, and uh, what is the word, uh, choked up. You know, I'm just excited about this opportunity. I have to say I was in the recording studio till past 10 o'clock last night, and I love my sleep. I got to say, I protect my sleep like you can imagine, right? When it gets past, some people say, oh, you know, so long as you get eight hours and you get to bed by, you know, 10, 30, 11, and I've, I've, I've experimented with that, and I wake up a little less than uh, the top of my game. I love that, you know, the kind of the circadian thing of you know to bed sundown sunrise get your eight hours and just feel fulfilled uh and then with stressful things going on and you know trying to survive in a world that everyone's losing their job and and uh you know just just the things that that's the reason i wrote the book uh blood doesn't lie so if, if i appear excitable and energetic it's because i'm surrounded by a beautiful woman a great looking guy who who like if you saw him ball ballroom dance it would blow you away do you, do you ballroom dance no, but I do, you know, like the little salsa and, and things like that. And I'm he, actually salsa, right? Salsa. You do salsa? Oh, yes, but only for fun. But I compete in, <laughs> I compete in the others. I compete in the, in the uh, standard. So to summarize, because I know you got to get back to your practice, uh, what would you like to say about the key points, the salient points that would take uh, the listeners to that next level? So each person has to have a whole plan of what they're going to do to reverse the aging process. And you want to see someone who's an expert in diet, nutrition, and herbs like Dr. Nick. You want to come to someone like myself who's an expert in, in um, bioidentical hormone replacement and repairing body parts with various injections of PRP or stem cells or some other thing like that so that you can maintain health and repair any injuries you have. By the way, stem cells we didn't even get to. We'll do that in the next segment. It's critical, right? Yeah. Well, for, for those people who want to stay youthful, it's a great process. And for those people who have some specific injury, it's like it'll save you from surgery.
And, and many people uh, have uh, successfully uh, used stem cells uh, and stem cell release. We have a product that enhances the release of stem cells after you've had the procedure because you want to sustain that. Because as we get older, uh, it's told that uh, we produce like a billion stem cells when we're a baby. But at our age, uh, not you, you're in your 20s or something. I don't know. But uh, as we reach our senior years, we barely produce 300 to 300,000 stem cells from a billion. Is that true? And we want to get them to release. So we have them there stored in our fat and stored in our organs, but we want them to release to keep repairing. When you get to be 120, uh, they are all finished and then, but, but so we have various ways to stimulate them and to, and to get them to be activated again. And I think the important thing, you know, you mentioned 120 and it's probably more probable now than at any time, except I see in current modern society that all of society's going to junk food, they're becoming overweight, they're using more sugar and fats, they're blaming, oh, well, the fat-free diet and high-carbohydrate diet ruined everything. Well, no one ever actually went on a whole foods, plant-based, oil-free, sugar-free diet. We'll, we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the reality is the society is only as good as the diet they eat, the mindset that they have, the exercise they do, and the contribution they give back to society. How can they contribute as they become a senior if they're dependent on Medicare and uh, Social Security payments? What's going on? We've, we've got to wake up this society, Dr. Grossman. Well, it's a pleasure to be here and be doing that. I love doing it. You're fantastic. Dr. Grossman, All right. thank you so much. My pleasure. How do they find you, Dr. Grossman? Um, Michael Grossman, MD. I'm in uh, Newport Beach, California. 949-222-0232. My website is ocwellness.com, ocarnscountywellness.com. Yeah. And we'll put in the show notes, and, and for those of you who don't know, uh, in our elite coaching program, we involve Dr. Grossman, Dr. Hanani, Dr. Neil Batchneth, Dr. Kathleen Geringer. We have a whole team, uh, Dr. Goslin, and did I leave out anyone? There's this incredible team of doctors that have worked with me for literally uh, a couple decades. I know you and I go back, uh, and we, we pretty much know and anticipate what the next person is going to need uh, what our move will be uh, but at the same time it's a team effort because i can't imagine guiding people without your help without without lynn tracy's help without the people that uh you're seeing not only on this screen but available to this channel so please subscribe notify and rate whether you enjoyed the show and uh if you have more questions tracy who's a fitness expert clearly we're gonna uh, ask the dog if you, what's the dog's name Angel, we're going to ask Angel a few questions here. Yeah. Dr. Grossman, I know you got to get going. Thank you so much Thank for endorsing my book, Blood Doesn't Lie. It's Pleasure. so exciting. Please get it on Amazon. Dr. Grossman, let's trade places because this is a better mic for you. Um, I'll just move over here and we can set this one down. There we go. So, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. That's part of the segment. Uh, we're continuing now uh, to basically share with you what is it going to take and right now i have a whole bunch of questions that came out of eric berg's channel uh, uh questions related to keto because he has a spin on it but i think tracy now has maybe a new opinion about that mm -hmm. and is instagram still streaming any questions on there okay good so can you uh, uh locate those questions maybe email them to me i'll pop them up or are they already on the screen i, I i've got to find them for me Danny, uh, the questions that you said you wrote out, and uh, I thought, did you put them on Google Doc from uh, Eric uh, Berg's list of questions and, and, and titles? Yeah, I saw you do it. Okay. 
titles. That's all I need. Yeah, I want the titles, the subjects. So we're, we're going to launch in exactly into that. Okay, cool. All right. So, Tracy, what was your turning point to get involved first into fitness? And then what was your turning point to kind of evolve your diet and your... Uh, your plan that you're currently following. So, so okay. give us an idea on that. Uh, from time frame of just you know the last couple of months, the beginning of the year, uh, under a lot of stress as a lot of people have been. Um, current circumstances have really changed, and uh, for me, I've been a health and wellness expert for over three decades. And uh, three in, decades, you barely look past thirty. I know. 30. What, what I is know. This? It's skincare. I use <laughs> collagen cream. Collagen cream. <laughs> so the thing with me is, you know, I always knew I had a lot of information. Obviously, I've educated myself over the years and uh, I have a lot of education in my background but the thing for me is when you go through health concerns and you go through health issues that you don't think that you'll ever go through because you think you're so you know you're so healthy the problem is is that what happened is I actually had some fainting spells and I had some issues as you know and for your listeners what happened to me is I was having uh, the feeling of blacking out. I was going through dizzy spells. I was basically my cortisol levels and uh, and all my hormones and everything and adrenals were completely taxed. I had been on a keto diet for two years plus, and I thought this was a great thing because I was completely, you know, in great shape. I physically, to the human eye, I looked, you know, great. I was lean. I felt good. I felt light. I felt lean. I was doing some competitions for bodybuilding, and I was also doing fitness modeling. And uh, so when it hit me, I really didn't know what to do. So I came to see Dr. Nick and he really transformed me and not only in my body but also in my mindset because what you know what you don't know you don't know and I say this to all my clients and so I didn't understand what you know a plant-based diet was I thought it was just like <laughs> I mean I laugh because really what I thought I was like oh so I'm going to be eating out of the the grass out of the backyard like that's how naive I was to yeah. this subject and you know it's kind of funny looking back at it and then I realized okay well this is great because now I get to learn something new and I get to educate myself not only for me for my clients and my family and friends so where I'm at today is about 12 weeks ago, um, I was having health concerns. And um, what I did is I ended up going into doing a plant-based diet. I was successful at that for 10 weeks. My body completely changed and everything felt great. Um, I was feeling a little bit like I was missing something. You know, there was a lot of things to it. Um, I wasn't really missing the meat, so to speak. But what happened for me is it's the um, time time management. So for me is I was meal prepping all these different meals that before it was easy because you just put a chicken breast in, you know, in the pan or you'd cook up some turkey and you go. And my lifestyle is very busy, as you know. So for me now, it's like you got to chop up vegetables and you got, it's so much more preparation and not being lazy and not, and not having the mindset of this isn't worth it because my health is number one but it was just time management. So that was the only struggle that I've found with this, you know, this change of lifestyle. Very much so. Hey, Danny, can you grab the, the tote bag that's uh, down below the, uh, uh, behind the chair there? Just uh, not that one right here. It says USC on it. Here, I just wanted to share exactly what you're talking about. For 43 years, I have carried a food bag with me. I happen to graduate <laughs> from USC. Of course, I'm a big USC fan. Uh, not you know, not just but football, USC, baseball, and all that. But in this bag, I 
uh, do my food prep and I usually plan a week out. Yeah. And so sometimes I do use a crock pot and I use uh, various methods to put together fresh fruits and vegetables and carry them with me so I have them at all yeah. times. Because one of the challenges with, with keto, I think they tend to advocate more fasting, uh, shorter windows because mm -hmm. there's so much calories in animal product uh, that you have to narrow the window and that animal product stays with you longer because it has more caloric density. Is there some truth to that? Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing, you know, when you get used to something, uh, you know, it, I felt sustained with that. So going on to a new program, it's like doing a cleanse, which I'm on right now, by the way, I'm on day two. So if uh, my brain isn't functioning as well, it's because, you know, I'm just detoxifying right now and, uh, and I'm feeling great actually. So I am plant-based again. So the thing is, is that you have to um, just learn to listen to your body and that's the biggest thing because not necessarily putting animal products in your body is healthy for you but it also too the mindset of like well it makes me feel full and I know a lot of vegans or vegan-ish people that you know say they're vegan and they just eat carbs all day long and they blow up and you know not you know like their physical bodies like they're gaining weight and they're not healthy so being vegan Simple carbs too though yeah more, more white bread and processed and processed food, right? foods mm -hmm. and that's terrible so that's why getting into the understanding of what plant-based really is truly is and you can make up complete proteins i was under the you know in the information that i was told is that you couldn't because you just had to have meat in every meal and that's the way i was raised so so to go from meat in every meal to transition to where you were comfortable and seeing that you were getting the protein absorption sustaining your muscle density because mm -hmm. i think back 43 years ago when i first transitioned to a plant-based whole food uh, diet oil-free because i've been oil-free for 43 years i get fats i get nuts seeds avocados olives in small amounts mm -hmm. but i was like petrified about looking in the mirror yeah. looking at my body and going i'm I've been training for since I was 12 years old. And at that time, uh, 43 years ago, do the quick math, I'm 67 now. Yeah. So I was worried about losing muscle density. So I, at that time, added in egg whites, believing, oh gosh, I can't do this on only plant-based mm -hmm. foods. And I eventually transitioned to where I realized I didn't need egg whites. And, and, and here and there, I was sneaking some chicken in because I'm thinking, oh, I got to have chicken. But the worst part was chicken has as much cholesterol as red meat. Fish does too if you overdo the fish because tuna packed in water has more cholesterol than red meat. Most people won't tell you that. Mm. But the reality is I became comfortable after the first year going, wow, I can do this without egg whites. I can do it without fish and chicken, but I need to make up the food density. Mm. And I need to have what's called intuitive eating. I need to anticipate when I feel a little weak or empty, that's my cue to eat. Because yeah. if I wait till I'm hungry, it's too late. It's yeah. like, uh-oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, it's just listening to your body. And that's what we've always told, you know, our clients and patients over the years, too. It's like, yeah. listen to your body. Because, I mean, I don't know as well as you know. And you don't know as well as you know your clients. Because yeah. our body are, is going to speak to us. And sometimes it's going to also provide false information, the sense of feeling in this respect. Like, you need a chicken breast in order to feel full. And, hey, I just had a great workout. It's like a, the rewards system of um you know people that are you know eating chocolate cake or doing these things which isn't bad but every once in a while but it's the reward system of well 
I've done great amount of exercise today and I've had a great day and it was a hard day and I've done so much activity. So I really deserve and need a chicken breast because my body needs that amount of protein. It's, it's the message that's going on up here and going, okay, let me take a look at that. What do I, what do I really need? What is my body? Check in with my body. Hey, do you really need that? Is that what you need? Do you need carbs? Do you need vegetables? Do you need a salad? Do you need, what do you need? Do you want to put some chickpeas on there? You know, and it's just finding a new way. It's navigating your way through it. I love how you really got specific because you don't just take any plant-based food and at that moment and eat it because you have to anticipate how much energy you're going to need mm -hmm. to get through your workout. Yeah. What are you going to need to do to get through a talk show that might last a couple hours, like in this case? Yeah. Uh, what's going to happen if I don't have time to break away for lunch, which is almost every single day of the week. I literally rarely have, unless mm. it's a business lunch or, or even to dinner. So I'll pack enough food to get through yeah. for me from morning till lunch till evening. And if I get the luxury to go to a business lunch or a dinner, I will. And I'll usually choose an Asian restaurant, say Vietnamese pho, where I can get vegetable pho, give the noodles to my son because he can do with the calories. I don't need the calories. I always monitor my weight too. I'm either, not not by stepping on a weight scale, but my percent body fat and looking in the mirror, right? Of course. You can see, you can, you can grab yeah. that extra roll and go, okay, we went too high on the one end, too much caloric density, mm -hmm. and I need to bring down the nut seed avocados, olives, the, the whole grain, even if it's gluten-free uh, bread and the beans. I need to shift to start off with more soups, salads, vegetables. And if I feel like when I eat something like uh, it's too much calories, it's probably true. You probably have too much caloric density on your body that yeah. you're carrying. So to become a fat burner, you have to know the timing of the exercise, yeah. the timing of the meals. So I wanted to show a few quick things. Obviously, I've got an apple here. Um, which, you know, I can nibble on through the day. Uh, I, I, that, that only has barely, what, 60 calories at most. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had Small this, one. but I have a jackfruit. Have you ever had jackfruit? No, that looks interesting. There's a seed inside. Would you like to I take a bite? I always eat all your food. Well, you want to try it? I always eat everything. Of Dr. Tell Trace. us your real Please, experience. You. Go ahead. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> jackfruit. Ooh. It's actually sweet and kind of marshmallowy. Yeah, it's actually very good. It's amazing. It's That's from really Malaysia, good. Indonesia, Vietnam. Jackfruit. Yeah. In fact, they make a lot of uh, meat analogs out of jackfruit. Like there's carnitas jackfruit. There's barbecue jackfruit. Really? And it has the texture, I guarantee you, of meat. It's like, it looks like shredded yeah. uh, carnitas taco meat. It When, when, when it comes in, you, you buy it at, I get it at Mother's Market. I oh, guess nice. there's a recipe in our book, uh, which is uh, Simply Healthy that you can try. Now, smells good too. Another thing I love is snap peas. Mm. And you can eat, you don't have to break open the little peas inside. You can just eat them as yeah. is. Right? I like it because it feels hearty and it feels like, you know, you're having substance. This is good too. <laughs> it's funny. I always feel bad because I always look in his, uh, you know, little, his little uh, I have food some, bag. I have some oil-free hummus. Yeah. So, and I love that too, that you're pulling out the soup because lentil vegetable soup okay so this right here that i'm glad that you did that because what i want to share especially in my clients zero grams of fat by the way and what's the sodium in that sodium is sorry what's it say 680 680 680 okay okay so do you uh, so for that because i've always been you know i try to keep my sodium levels especially um you know because cholesterol I zero by the way Okay, so that's better. Dietary so, fiber, 
does it say two grams or seven? It looks two. 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 Yeah. And then uh, the protein is seven grams per. Seven grams. And what's the serving? A per cup. cup. And a cup is this is. It and you could dilute pound, that too. Seventeen ounces. Kind of so, like two. So this is like two cups. Two worth. cups, yeah. So so really, if you did one cup, you're getting half that. Half of that. Of so like three. I have a comment. Yeah, because I always worry about the sodium intake. So for me, I always think, you know, uh, you can get stuff in the crock pot and make your homemade soups, which are great because you're not going to get that extra sodium. Um, but obviously, you know, you know how to burn it off. You know how much your intake is. And a lot of people ask me, and my clients always ask me this all the time, what is the proper amount of sodium that you should have in a day? So I'm going to get Dr. Nick to answer that question because I don't know if sometimes my clients don't believe me. <laughs> well, there's 2,000 milligrams of sodium naturally present in whole foods unprocessed, mm -hmm. maybe as low as 1,500. I allow people up to another 2,000 milligrams. Okay. Now, if they're bodybuilding comp competition and they're, they're at that last final yeah. three days where they're trying to shred, you know, the body, then I would, I would cut that down. I would bring yeah. it down as low as you could because sodium will hold water in the tissues. But for a person who's an athlete, or in my case, there's certain uh, people like on 24 year and I have low aldosterone mm -hmm. and I desperately need salt. If I don't get salt or sodium, yeah. uh, I get in trouble, especially since I'm an athlete. So yeah. for me, um, salt holds fluids in my tissues mm -hmm. uh, because this genetic tendency of not being able to produce enough aldosterone, which I've used bioidentical aldosterone with amazing results, very difficult to get, but uh, you can find it and we talk about it in our coaching program. Okay. Uh, but, but I have to say that using sodium for most people, particularly if they have kidney problems or blood pressure problems, mm -hmm. you really have to go to the low end of, yeah. of sodium use. Absolutely. And, you know, being an athlete as well, too, I find that sodium for me and having a little bit of that salt helps to regulate my blood pressure and just keep me, you know, feeling good, too. Yeah. The saying is you put a little pinch per every, um, mm. like, quart of water. Yes. And if it's starting to taste salty, your body's going, I have enough. If you're craving the salt, your body's going, I need more. Okay. Because you've probably perspired it out a hundred times over with your workouts <laughs> and outdoors yeah. in the sun. I work out outdoors in the sun. Yeah. You go into gyms, not many people get to go in gyms these days yeah very strange well, I'm world i'm outside mostly and yeah, uh, <laughs> if anyone's spying on me you know they'll be like what gym are you going to so check but, out the next thing watermelon ooh, amazing amazing Do you know that i broke the all-time world record for chrome press which that record stands to this day i'm not bragging about it there's a video of me doing it <laughs> i loaded up on watermelon all that nice. day and then i put in a uh, uh a container watermelon juice with a product I call power and speed because I wanted a Ooh. little bit of kick of the guarana and uh, mm -hmm. I was breathing so heavily if you watch the video I rarely got a chance to sip it but the few sips I got was like a uh, life-saving because you, mm. once you burn through your glycogen and glucose yeah. storages <laughs> you can def defer to uh, ketones and, yes. and ketone uh, uh, metabolism but the reality is if you're in an anabolic catabolic um, high intensity aerobic th uh, threshold and my heart rate was going 200 beats per minute. Oh, wow. I'm burning through glucose and, and to convert fat into glucose rapidly, yeah. not an easy thing. No. So it's like a sprinter, but I was doing a long-term uh, long sprint for Steady an hour. Pace. So I'm just saying that, you know, again, watermelon is a lifesaver. 
A, because it gives you just about the right amount of glucose yep. from the fructose and glucose that you need at about two calories per mm -hmm. minute. Plus, it's rich in it's water. Wa every athlete water. needs water. I know. That's amazing. I love this, especially on a hot day, too. You can't get enough water in just having this. And, and you're eating something, too. I mean, it's very light. And you can go do a workout. You can do it, like, post-workout. And it's super nice. I mean, actually, I like it. I freeze it sometimes, too. And then I put it in my water as well with a little bit of cucumber and mint and basil and it is phenomenal so of being a former keto person mm -hmm. to, to actually eat watermelon is that like did it freak you out at first you know what it was <laughs> it was such a happy moment for me was it a happy moment because i took fruit Blissful, out of my right? diet i did not eat a piece of fruit probably for almost like years years and years and years and because i bodybuild you know i was doing the bodybuilding thing for the last, you know, almost nine, 10 years now. So I took fruit out of my diet completely, which is absolutely ridiculous, as you know. Now, so it's a in retrospect, <laughs> you find that you can titrate fruit in as yeah. much as needed yeah. within its caloric limit, because mm -hmm. think of vegetables that are high in water content within the 20, 30 calorie mushrooms, snap peas, mm -hmm. uh, cucumber, bell peppers, but then fruits in the 60 to 100 calorie category so you titrate yes. that figure out you don't figure out by counting calories you figure out how you feel yeah that's so true it's so true now i'm just going on that because i really don't even need a lot of food and i mean my weight went up my weights come back down so i'm at a Do good you think weight. it was water weight or was it fat weight or both what do you um, think? Seriously. I, or muscle honestly, filling out with fluids, you know? I would say muscle filling out with fluids. Um, you know, it wasn't a super significant amount. I mean, it was like eight pounds. But, I mean, have a lot of people out there that have done, you know, dropping water or doing their, you know, fitness and health coaches or whatever, doing bodybuilding shows or they're a boxer, and you sweat out the water, and, you right. know, the next day you've got 10 pounds 10 of water. Pounds. You can't, I mean, I tell my clients all the time, you can't gain fat in, like, a week or two. You know, maybe two or whatever, but not in a like, couple days. That looks good. I'm so, going to put this on the edge here, too, because I want I'm going to eat that later. Okay. <laughs> so allow me. can I'll anyone in the it. audience identify what this is? Anyone? And you're going to win a prize Ooh. of DNA Protector, an amazing doc nutrient award winning methyl donor that Dr. Grossman endorsed and talked about earlier during our show. Can anyone looking at this tell me? what that is and i have apple cider vinegar yeah, down at the it. bottom yeah and do you like apple cider vinegar? i do i love it and and this i'll give give i won't give away just what do you think that is this little red thing i know what that is they call that the natural botox bell peppers yes yeah. the red one the red one yum how do you use it as a natural botox uh just eating it okay yep eating it ingesting okay. it you, you got to get this one guys come on interact with me it's i, I, me I gotta know here. you're interacting <laughs> cucumber i think we should throw your instagram uh, uh program yeah up too. guys can we do that yeah Danny, can do we it. grab her phone and throw her instagram up because she probably has far more viewers than i do but it's all cool i know everyone will be excited okay yeah, so and so, I'll share this so you get the idea i've got oil free apple cider vinegar mm. with some spices mixed in okay and no one yet has answered Thank that you. could win a doc nutrient dna protector no one has even chimed in to even attempt to determine what wow. that food is and i'm wondering if tracy knows what it is is that a radish no 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 you don't get another guess let's Aww. see if the audience gets it 
So first oh, try geez. did work. Okay, never Let's mind. See. <laughs> so don't guess radish, anybody. <laughs> I'm going to turn right. my phone on here. Did we want to use my, yeah, the yeah. little. Okay. Okay, so, so we'll click as, on here. As we continue here, I, I, I'm just, oh, just going to set this aside, but uh, we'll leave this for anyone who figures out the answer to Thank this you. question, okay? It, it's a legitimate question. Um, how should I, it, it grows, it grows in the ground, and I'll give another hint. The longest lived people in the world eat this. The longest lived people. Probably the second longest lived now because uh, the Adventists uh, living in, in, in modern society who have gone plant-based and oil-free. Okay. The, the vegan Adventists actually lived the longest of anyone in the world, believe it or not. Now we know the category of people using plant-based, whole food, oil-free, sugar-free, who have gone on balancing their hormones, bioidentical hormones. Danny, can you come help with the, 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 the Instagram for her, please? Okay, so all we'll that see. being said, guys. All right, well, make sure you can see us in there, too. Thank yeah. you. So Talk to Nick. If you can come a little closer here. There we go. There we go. All right, so we're excited to share with you and our audience. You know, I, I think one of the, the exciting things about health and fitness is there's so many questions that need to be answered. Yes. And Danny, I, I don't see on my screen yet that list of, of uh, topics that you had, but uh, if I just click on uh, uh, Nick D. PhD, will I be able to pull it up? Yeah. Okay, good. So that being said, Tracy, I have a quick question. Okay. If you're wanting to maximize a person's fitness level, how would you start them if they're a beginner and they're a little overweight, let's say above 20 pounds or ideal weight, mm -hmm. how would you start them from the exercise perspective? And then mm -hmm. we'll get on through the whole uh, course of events because we're gonna, we've are gonna we been addressing a lot about diet and hormones. But yeah. let's get into the exercise because you are the queen of exercise. Thank you. Uh, I love exercise as well. And, and I was motivated by Dragon Radovich, who's the world strength endurance champion, who, who never had been beaten in world competition, who always showed up at the Arnold Classic. And I competed against him every year to one day. Mm -hmm. I exceeded his world record that he set at Venice nice. Beach, California, where he lifted 40,000 40, pounds overhead curl and press nonstop. And I exceeded that record after chasing him for more than 10 years of dedication and training. I love that. See, dedication is a great word. And that's, um, so first off to, um, thanks Dr. Nick. That's a great question. Uh, what I would do to start a beginner, uh, because for a beginner, you have to look at it through their lenses. So their set of eyes. So what does this mean to them? You know, have they ever done this before? Are they intimidated? How do they feel? Um, do they, you know, have they ever exercised before? Have they been in sports? So, you know, first I would ask a lot of the probing questions to find out about my client or respectful client. And um, what I would do is just get the body moving, first of all. So get the body moving in a way, obviously we want to find out if they have any injuries, first of all, and any, uh, you know, kind of like roadblocks in the area of physical fitness. So what I would do is get the body moving by starting off with a walking program, um, you know, working through that and, um, and just seeing how the body responds. Um, obviously, if a person is uh, severely obese, it would be a lot different than somebody who's just, 
you know, mildly has a few extra pounds they need to lose. So I get into the psychology of it and the mindset of it. I really want to like work with the new client and say, Hey, what's going on for you? Why are you committed to this now? And you know, what's your why and your reasoning behind this for doing this? Um, a lot of people have different, everybody's very different and every body is different. So what we need to do is really like dive into that and say, okay, what is going to motivate this person to help them through this process? Do they have any restrictions where, you know, they, you know, hate, they hate fitness because not everybody loves fitness like we do. And so are they disliking fitness? Do they dislike jogging? Do they dislike this? So I make it fun for them. So how do I make it fun for them? You ask is what I do is I put people on different programs that are going to suit their needs, not mine. So as a health and wellness coach, I've been doing it for a very long time. What I want to do is I want to see what they like. So if they've told me in the past they went swimming or if they told me in the past they were track and field, you know, until an injury happened or they went through a breakup or whatever is going on, I would put them on a program, something that they enjoy. Or if they like to play tennis, great, go out and play tennis two times a week. And then we can add in different things. So we can use body weight, we can use fitness tools like a TRX suspension trainer, we can go into the park, we can be in nature, we can do any type of exercise anywhere. We can go on the beach, we can do sprints, we can do push-ups, we can do burpees, we can do a lot of fun stuff. But that's not always fun to everybody. Like I said, me being, you know, where I'm at in my fitness and health is... Um, at a different level because I love exercising and it really just helps me to, um, it's my therapy and it's my medicine and uh, it's my tools for life. And uh, so I would start them off on just a basic program and then we'd add some stuff in. Uh, a lot of women are intimidated by the weights. So, um, you know, they don't want to look super big and thick and muscular and, and you know, maybe like me, um, you know, and I've had a lot of my clients say that to me. I don't want to be as muscular as you that great. That's great. Because now I have, you know, a, a kind of an indicator of where I want to start with you and where I want to finish with you. So finding out what their what their goals are, and uh, we work from there. But making it fun, making a workout fun for somebody. Because again, you know, we're not all the same, you know, going in and, and doing bicep curls and, and doing leg presses is not fun for a lot of people. So you figure out what works for them, you figure out what they like, and then you add on to that that's always been very successful for me as a coach and um, you know hiking I love going out on the outdoors so hiking is a great workout you can also do a workout up there as well you can do push-ups on a bench you can do you know sit-ups you can do bicycles you can do everything speaking of that bike riding get on your bike on the weekend with your family you know make it a fun thing make it a family thing so you can all work together and uh, obviously we know nutrition is a huge part of that uh, you guys hi thanks for joining us but you had missed uh, the component of us talking I'm live here on Dr. Nick's show, Nick Delgado. So you can tune in and I'll share the rest of the interview with you. But you know what? The biggest thing is making it fun and, uh, and getting people together. So getting a group together. I also, for my fitness, do self-defense and martial arts. So you can come join our class on Wednesday mornings as well. That'll also help you. You know, it's exciting that you have such a robust fitness program and clearly that has led you to more advanced uh, levels of exercise because the beginner 
is one thing, but an advanced mm-hmm. uh, fitness trainer, what are you doing for that advanced level? Advanced level, well, uh, I really shine in that area because that's, you know, being an athlete my whole life and very competitive, um, as you know. Do you like pull-ups? I do like pull-ups, but my shoulder does not, Gotcha. unfortunately. Would you be considering stem cells for the shoulder? I would absolutely be considering stem cells ah. for the neck, the shoulder, and the lower back as well. Okay, we'll so, get into that at some point, but let's continue yeah, with the advancements. So for me, um, it's go hard or go home. I mean, I can I can, I can, can dumb it down and water it down a little bit, no, but no, no, go this hard. is where, this give, is where give I... Give a good routine uh, okay. per week, if you like. Do you, okay. do you split routine? I mean, what do you do? I do everything in a anything i mean my workouts are pretty much minimum of four hours a day right now really Um, that's include martial arts that's include my training i'm training with my clients i've got some clients online who i'm doing workouts with which are all doing amazing by the way i'm super proud of them um i'm doing workouts outside outdoors in the park we're doing uh fitness classes we're doing you know training with uh jen my sensei and my friend and uh so for me hardcore is flipping tires slamming hammering like hammers on top of a tire um pulling sleds pushing sleds of weight i mean as much weight as i can possibly go without hurting myself obviously um you know and i don't lift heavy weights but i love the sprints i love the beach sprints and then into the burpees and then doing some self-defense some martial arts i love hitting the bag i love like doing power like shadow boxing I mean, I love your passion. I love, it. I love it that you <laughs> use the word I'm fired love. up right now. <laughs> Gee, I can tell. My gosh, I actually woman. want to go do this right now. I've already worked out twice today. So, <laughs> do, do you know downstairs during the lockdown, we have power I blocks. Saw. We have a, a, a ball there. Uh, we have the uh, chin up bar. Yeah. Uh, and we do competitions at lunch breaks, you know, between the guys and I. And nice. uh, I like to push these guys. These, these young studs are tough. <laughs> and uh, I, I like to go up against guys that, you know, have a lot of confidence and been training for quite a while yeah. and then show them a new level of fitness, show them a new level oh, yeah. of challenge, right? Yeah. You know, it's just pushing the barrier. You know, obviously you want to be safe. You don't want to hurt yourself. But I do. I love it. I mean, for me, it's just I go until I drop, basically, until I can't go anymore. And that's when my workout is done. I don't, people are like, oh, you go to the gym for an hour or two hours or half an hour or do you do this? And it's like, and I don't sit on treadmills and I don't sit, you'll never see me usually unless I'm competing or doing a photo shoot. Sitting on, you know, like um, the treadmill or something you like mean that. You mean sitting, running on the treadmill. Running and sitting on the bike and doing all that. Just, you know what I mean? Like, I just, I'm not really you that like type of person. like to run outdoors? Yeah, I, do, I don't really like to run, but I like to do sprints. Definitely. Franco yeah. Colombo... God rest his soul, yeah. was one of the amazing bodybuilders. And he always said sprints yeah. was the way to yeah. get ripped. True? Sprints are the best, absolutely. Especially when I get a lot of my competitors ready to go. If they can't go outside or do sprints, especially on the beach What's in the, the sand. Uh, my intervals are usually like a 30-10. So it's like 30 hard, 10 seconds rest. And that's like... 30 hard sprints. Yes. What's the distance? 
Oh, sorry, that's treadmill. Um, but for oh. me, it's just basically sprint. I mean, until you pretty much feel like you may need you to stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I'm done. Because the thing with me is I see benchmarks and then I want to go past it every time. So then every time it gets further and further for me. So I can't really say that because I just keep competing with myself every time. Nice. So I try to go to a place where there's like here to here, you can only run Tracy and then you have to stop because <laughs> they, we, this is getting into, you know, like your anaerobic and stuff like that. So I go hard. So I usually go like maybe a hundred meters and then I go back and then sometimes I lunge and then sometimes I bear crawl back. I mean, I just switch it up and see whatever is left in the gas tank and go from there. But sprints will shred up your legs. They'll lean you out. I mean, if you want to lean out in a very short amount of time, but make sure you're stretching definitely because these, you can definitely pull a lot of hamstrings and have a lot of injuries from that, especially lactic acid. So very important to stretch uh, before, after, and uh, you know, obviously you want to, supplementation is important as well. So you bring up a, a great point and that is that fitness is enjoyable workouts. It's things that you love mm. to do. I love to work out outdoors. I just absolutely love it. Uh, pushing myself with dumbbell curl and presses nonstop with yep. squats, with sprints. Now I've changed up my workout where I'm doing a lot of uh, back work. I, I Because I'm a competitive athlete in curl and press, like there's kettlebell uh, competitions, I do curl and press. I love the competition. keeps me in, nice. in shape. I, got, I go against some of the strongest men in the world, strength and endurance. Uh, but I found that I became dominant in one area of my muscle groups. So as I started mm. doing back work and pull-ups and uh, chin-ups and uh, doing rows and doing yep. uh, some classic uh, deadlifts and just things that my, for my back and my butt and my legs, and I just like, I love it because my body responds so nicely, yeah. you know, I just because when you work on muscle groups that you don't always work on, you know, <laughs> if you're an athlete, you have certain muscle groups that you have, you know, preferential, uh, you know, aspects of what muscle groups are yeah. engaged, right? Yeah. And you also have your favorite muscle groups too. I mean, you, you <laughs> see the classic case of, you know, the upper body is <laughs> more uh, dramatic than the lower body. Uh, I find that more in, in my male clients, um, you know, and you forget about the lower part of your body and stuff like that. And I really like it too, uh, getting the whole body moving, especially for people that have a little bit of weight they want to lose. So, you know, like doing a squat press, um, you know, things like that. So you can really just get the heart rate up and we really can really shred that weight that we want to lose. Um, so it's a little different for every client and, uh, you know, it depends on what they want to be pushed. And it also depends on injuries because so many of us have injuries these days too. Oh, I'm glad you brought up injuries because, uh, you know, as a senior athlete, the risk of injury generally is higher. A, a lot of times when you think about it, working out with weights, uh, if you're working out correctly with good form, you rarely get injured. You, mm -hmm. you really, if you understand training properly, uh, this, you, you need to know your limits too. And, and yeah. unfortunately, some of us who are used to pursuing world records and, and competing, mm -hmm. that sometimes we don't fully appreciate our limits, right? <laughs> and so sometimes I've noticed that I've pushed myself maybe with a kind of exercise that I'm not accustomed to. So I remember I pulled a hamstring several months ago and mm -hmm. it was like, oh, 
Oh, and it, and you don't realize how many activities of daily activities are involved with your your hamstrings of walking yeah. upstairs, of just my gait. And people notice, hey Nick, why are you limping? Tell me. I'm about like, it. Uh, because I'm injured. So so what I what I did was, you know, I've scheduled some uh, stem cell treatment, which I'm about to have. I've been using supplements nice. that increase my stem cell release. I I checked all my hormones to be sure, my adrenals, and 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 uh, I couldn't do full squats and i have um, a, a rom machine at my house okay where it's a four minute rom and yep. and then i do like three sets at each level there's three different levels so i do uh 24 minutes but the leg part of it is such a long stretch it's not a normal uh like squat machine your leg goes really low and really high right nice so that hamstring was going oh and there was weeks in fact, maybe more than a month or so, where I said, mm, I just can't do this 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 yeah. set yet. And then I gradually worked into it, gradually, gradually kind of nurturing it, making sure everything was good. And now I've got that full stretch. I'm getting close to where I'm going to start to do a little more explosive movements. Nice. But I, I re-injured it. I go to the beach and I'm doing jump rope on the beach, running on the beach with a jump rope. <laughs> and somehow I forgot that I had been injured, Tracy. Yeah. And I'm like... Oop, I pulled it again. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we have to be mindful of that. And that's the thing because I do the same thing and then you push and push and push and you want to like really just, you know, you we're, we're, that's our mindset. We push and we just, you know, that's why you have to know your limits too. And stretching is so important too, especially if you're going in there with cold muscles, oh, you know, a lot of people, so I mean, even though it's warm outside wherever you are in the world, hopefully, you know. It's warm where you are. Um, but, you know, the thing is, is you want to really make sure that you're really warming up and stretching those muscles. Yeah, but I think it's not just the, the stretching. It's getting the flexibility. And much like yoga movements, I've noticed since I've embraced yoga that it helps reduce the likelihood of injury. Mm. Uh, do you do yoga at all? I do. I love yoga. Yeah, 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 My yeah. phone's uh, okay, maybe. battery's getting low. Uh, I love yoga, and uh, I think hey, just... Danny, plug this in. Especially with the martial arts. Is this one off? No, you're Especially good. with the martial arts, uh, you know, you really have to stretch, and you really have to make sure that you're, you know, doing these movements and stuff like that. Um, yoga is amazing. Obviously, there's no, um, there's no yoga studios open right now, and obviously, hot yoga is kind of off the table. <laughs> so, we, um, you know, so I'm doing yoga moves on my own. I do a lot of yoga stuff on my own at home. Um, but yoga is phenomenal. But is there any yoga studio open right now? You, Thank you, know, you so much. I'm one of those guys that I like being in a class. And yoga for me, doing it by myself, it, it just... I, I, there's probably some online programs out there, yeah. you know, and, and going through the stretches. And I even have a, a, a yoga studio in my house upstairs. And be, but because, you know, not many people are getting together. I was so delighted. I was at Newport Beach, true story. And there was a whole like not a big group, but there was a group of people with their mats on the beach doing yoga. And I'm like, I'm in, you know, nice. it was, it was like a Saturday afternoon or something. I forget when it was. And I, I, I mean, and they, they, they were out there doing yoga for a couple hours and I'm like, I'm in heaven. You know, I, I jumped on, you know, yeah. right there with my mat and, and just, just started stretching, you know? Well, I will make a suggestion to all of our viewers. And if you guys are not outside doing some type of form of exercise for yourself, and I'm saying for yourself, because it is for 
you. It's not for anybody else. Um, please start today because with the things that are going on in the world and things that are going to continue going on in the world for quite some time, unfortunately, um, we need to really have that part of our mental health uh, and really take charge in our lives and making sure that we're exercising and doing the right things to help us. So um, get out there, guys. If it's a walk, go for a walk on the beach. If you don't have access to a beach, go for a walk anywhere. Make it a family thing. Like I said, go for a bike ride. Just do anything. Get your body moving. You know, do some push-ups outside. Put your tennis shoes on and just be one with nature. Go for a hike. Do whatever you can do to just get out there and uh, take care of yourself. I think you stated it quite well, and Angel is taking this show quite well. <laughs> she's uh, <laughs> yeah, she's staring up at me like, yeah, I know. My mom takes me everywhere. <laughs> I actually put her in a little backpack when I go hiking. My friends laugh at me, but uh, <laughs> she loves it. So, so there's a question online. Can you see uh, that that uh, question there? Which one? This one? No, no, they're right there at oh. the bottom. Uh, I think it says, "What do you need to do to gain muscle mass?" Is that what it says? Gain Okay, great question. What is the quickest way to gain muscle mass? Um, again, that's a complement of everything. There's not just one little quick fix. So uh, for men and women, it's obviously going to be a little bit different. But um, what you want to do is make sure that you're eating enough. You're eating the right foods. You also want to maintain that muscle mass by doing your exercise. So I think for women, definitely you want to use a little bit of weight. Uh, five pound weights, six pound weights, eight pound weights, 10 at the max. You don't have to go heavy, do high reps. And um, you can just basically, what I like to do is to keep my muscle mass and to gain it as well, is to do pause sets. So what What's I'm pause sets? Pause sets? Pause sets. So basically raising for like a shoulder raise, you want to hold it and count oh. one, two, three. You want to contract the muscle. And I get the most amount of muscle from doing these exercises. Wow. Everything is slow and controlled movements. What a great tip. And it's just basically everything is methodical. So, you know, pause sets are also when you're, you're squatting. Is sound is off both of them? It's Okay, we're going to wind up the show and deal with some technical <laughs> challenges. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Instagram, you guys. You guys Thanks are for cool. Joining today, check Dr. Nick Delgado out and me, TLC Unleashed. Bye, guys. Hey, guys, I got to tell you. The new coaching program has come out, and we're excited about the coaching program because the coaching program is at nickdelgado.com. We'd love to help to guide you, to coach you on your health journey, and now you can apply for the special coaching program. And you can also get our special book, Immune Rejuvenation. Just leave your name and email and you're going to get one of the best books written on this whole subject. We are excited to know, Anna, and I got to tell you that, you know, the whole idea of immune rejuvenation has come. Mm -hmm.